Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello and welcome to this week's League Two podcast. Um, I wanted to say what game week it was and actually I completely lost track. I think some teams have played 18, some are on 16 and it all kind of evens out. Um, So tonight we've got me and Lauren and we did have Jordan before but Jordan's disappeared again. So uh, Jordan uh, is... Uh, a look sports media semi-regular he presents the championship podcast on occasion but is also a Grimsby fan and I would have asked him to introduce himself but he disappeared um, but in the absence of, oh Jordan's back yes hopefully I was, I was, I was, uh, I was semi-introducing you would you like to do the rest no we'll just we'll go with Lauren <laughs> Welcome to the League Two podcast, Lauren. It's your first podcast for League Two, anyway. It is. Yes, it's lovely. Um, uh, you know what? I would have been very proud if I had that introduction that you just gave, Jordan. So, <laughs> uh, but yes, um, nice to meet you all. I'm Lauren. Um, first proper pod that's pre-recorded and fancy. Yeah, because you um, went in live on Thursday for the first I time, did. which. You're the first person we've had that's uh, that's gone live first. It's that stuff that I know, just that bold. Now I thought I'd rip the rip the plaster off, do it first time. You know, what's there to lose? <laughs> all right, and it all went very well. Yeah, apart not from too bad, I think. it, like ending because Liam joined us and ended the podcast. Uh, but other than that, it was it was great. Wouldn't expect anything else. No. Um, Oh, so we've got temporarily because Jordan's been and gone. Uh, we've got an all Stockport County fan podcast, which hasn't happened before in the world of Look Sports Media. It has to be said. 
What a shame. What a shame. <laughs> we could just be incredible. Well, we had a, at the be very beginning, we had a review that called uh, me and Liam self-indulgent. This could be the most self-indulgent. Oh, completely. Especially because it was an actually half interesting Stockport game this week. So we do yeah. have stuff to talk about with Stockport. Yeah, we could start with Stockport actually because there's also been I um so I have an athletic the athletic subscription and every time I get a an email the the preview thing is always something about Wrexham and I've got this thing about how um Wrexham the the athletic clearly think that Wrexham are the only uh, only team in League Two and you know so today it came and it said you know something about the the week that Wrexham would want to have forgotten and and I opened it up and there's some American football stories and then there was the longest article I've ever read on The Athletic about Stockport County and about and it wasn't even just about the you know the form this season and the the run. I mean, the match of the day we're tweeting about. Like, this is amazing. No, very exciting. But this was kind of the whole history and went back to you know Colwyn Bay and Vauxhall Motors nice. <laughs> and talked about Mark Stott. So, if anyone has an athletic subscription or has ways of getting to the athletic that don't involve you having a subscription, which I understand it's possible to do, uh, then it's a very, very good read. The guy who wrote it is called Daniel Taylor. I think he's from Manchester, but he spent two weeks at the club. And oh, nice. if, uh, so there's little snippets of interviews with Dave Chalner, with um, with Mark Stott, with Simon Wilson, with John Kieran. So it's proper like all of the all of the people that you could um you could hope to talk to at county oh and bellis obviously, obviously. um how are you feeling about it about the the, the so it we we're now equal with luton for 12 yeah. wins in the fourth tier whichever league that kind of works out to be yeah i was i'm not told off um, on the the live podcast that I did, but I was I was told to stop being so pessimistic because I said that the Stockport that I know, because obviously I'm I'm quite young. All I remember is County in the National League North. Yeah. So for me, any minute this could end, and I'm right. surprised that we made it to twelve. Um, and I was like, oh, we could we could lose it tomorrow, and I wouldn't be surprised. Um, and I was told that. They think that we would go on to beat it. Um, I, I am quite excited about it, though. I do. I do feel like it. We are doing a lot better on the pitch than I've ever I seen. Know. So I don't think it's undeserved. You know, I, I'm. No. I'm impressed. Yeah, I think what was what's both encouraging and slightly scary is that on Saturday definitely the first half we were not at our mm. best and we still kind of ground out a win uh, whereas last season that would have gone horribly wrong and Colchester would have equal would have um would have scored in the last minute and that would have been it um we've obviously got the squad depth as well like even with Sars out Hippos out and um, mm. there are you know when you've got a bench that's got Paddy Madden, Kyle Noyle, Nick Powell coming on uh it's 
it's hard to be hard to be pessimistic but you're right like we've had it knocked out of us and And it's a whole dare to dream thing yeah and especially because it seems like more and more we're now saying oh that was a win that wasn't really a conventional win but we would have lost that last season Mm -hmm. making me feel more and more like there's a chance that we end up will lose it because our lucky streaks will end but but we've equalized it which is yeah, far beyond what um, I ever thought we would do. So yeah, and we've got Newport on Saturday, and then Salford on the Tuesday night, and then Morecambe. I think is the oh, we've got Aldershot in the middle of that, so we can lose to Aldershot. It's like I mean, we we um we lost to Bolton on Tuesday night, so that was the unbeaten run in all competitions so yeah I think that was good in a way I you know I was kind of okay with that if we were going to lose then we just needed to get it out of our systems um but Charlie said on Saturday that Louis Barry they're having kind of positive discussions with Villa and expecting him to be back for the end of the season so that would be nice um yeah what what else was there about the game that you wanted to was there anything that you wanted to mention or um not a lot just that um even though we weren't we weren't necessarily um very good I think there were a lot of positives that we didn't even see at the start of the season so I remember a lot of people grumbling over Charlie not being able to make the changes fast enough or at a productive Mm -hmm. moment um and we saw camps come on and in 51 seconds his first touch of the goal And it's just little things like that, that it's throughout the season, it seems like these little niggles that we had at the start um, are just being put aside and that's quite nice. Yeah. I I missed Camps' goal and it was, I mean, I've seen it many times since, but I was walking back into, because we did hospitality, so walking back into the, the Gara stand and like Claire suddenly said oh it's 2-0 and we hadn't heard like you know normally you hear the ground er- erupts like none of that whatsoever like how how did this happen because we nearly missed did we miss no it was because it was like 44 and 47 or something ridiculous mm. yeah I said to uh Colchester fan last night on the 606 yeah, you should you should feel very privileged that Chali felt the need to change the side at half time because we don't see that. So that was encouraging as well. He was very vocal on the touchline as well, bless okay. him. There were, you know, there was lots of I'm waiting. <laughs> I've just realized the podcast is pretty pretty pointless. Uh, there was lots of uh, minor tantruming and frustration, really, that they weren't doing necessarily what he wanted so yeah but onwards indeed fingers crossed <laughs> I just want I was talking to someone when I was walking the dog this morning we were like just want to win one more just one more <laughs> and then that's the uh that's the record because it'll take someone a while to to get up there and it's not inconceivable yeah. happen but um it would require quite a lot um how are you feeling about Newport? Um, it's hard because I because I no longer um, live very regularly in Stockport because I go to uni elsewhere. Um, it's hard 
getting a full grasp of how it all is without mm-hmm. being at the stadium like at the stadium. Yes. Um but yeah I am confident. I'm scarily confident. I mean there's <laughs> we're something like the highest scorers in the the all of the divi- like top four divisions and the highest points in all the divisions which all again makes me even more scared. Terrifying. I am cautiously confident. Yeah. Um. So, Jordan, while we've got you, you are going to talk about Accrington Wrexham, which was as eventful off the pitch, perhaps as it as it was on the pitch. <laughs> so Accrington Wrexham uh, Accrington lost at uh, one rather uh two nil there were missed penalties Wrexham missed a penalty mm. right at the end I think uh from what I've uh, you know talking to Wrexham fans last night again on the 606 and was kind of expecting them to be a bit more bullish about it but they weren't at all they were like you know they they kind of played us off the off the park and they you know they said and it's it's entirely fair and it the same goes for for county you have days where you turn up and nothing goes to plan and I always think about uh, have you seen the film Wimbledon I'm not it's it's lovely Mm -hmm. but the the Kristen Dunst character I think it's like the Wimbledon semi-final or final and she just wakes up and everything goes wrong from like yeah. the coffee machine not working properly. So, you know, all the like tiny, tiny little things. And it's, um, I think it was one of those for them. They're still in a great position. Are they Are they third now, I think, because, uh, no, fourth, uh, because Notts County uh, are ahead now on goal difference and then Mansfield won as well. So Mansfield yeah. um, having on 35 points, then obviously Stockport on, on 41 and then Notts County and Wrexham on 33. Is there anything that you want to add on Accrington Wrexham, Jordan? Um, well, first of all, apologies. This internet is absolutely <laughs> all right. Horrible. We're just I mean, it's, it's trying to get off for God knows how long. It keeps kicking me off, but uh, <laughs> keep trying. We'll see how long this lasts before I do eventually go again. I probably already am. Um, it's yeah, Re- th- the thing is with um, with with, with that game as well. Um, it's, it was certainly an interesting one, not just from the game itself, but also from from Twitter uh, with the um, with the old Andy Holt situation and and Wrexham mm. with uh, with prices being increased for the game, and Wrexham coming out and saying that they're just them. And then Andy Holt on Twitter has been what well, Andy Holt's always been on Twitter, um, sort of the outspoken type. You know, he's he's not afraid to to voice his opinions after what seemed to be a bit of an interesting game of football as well. Um, the the first penalty looked a bit soft, perhaps, um, mm. which was slotted away, and then their second goal looked more of a clanger, clanger from um, Arthur Kwonkwo in the um, in the Wrexham goal. But there's certainly been more more to do with the um, with the aftermath 
is, is certainly yeah. certainly been the key talking point in this one with, with Andy Holt as in particular as well, who only not long ago um had that had that spell with I say with John Coleman on Twitter as well, saying he wants to sell the club mm-hmm. and that part of the relegation was on him as well. He's it was going all in only only a few weeks ago. So uh, yeah, so, so it's an interesting one. Both after wins as well. You can kind of almost understand that. I yeah. mean, obviously, I know this started before the game, but you can always understand that level of reaction if you've lost, but less so if you've won, I think. Yeah, of course. Um, but we, I was talking to Lauren um, over the weekend. Uh, Stockport County do the same in some ways in that we have a tiered system for games. So we charge Wrexham fans as we did Stockport fans more for that game than we would do for other league games and the you know like Accrington is another of ours because it's the last home game of the season so it's not that unusual a practice um and I'm sure there are other teams that are doing it as well but as a uh as the re, I don't know. It was just the whole thing. It it just became a little bit pantomime. Uh, mm. I think obviously Andy Holt continued his tirade into Sunday morning as well. This wasn't you know an isolated Saturday. Get out of your system. I think last time it was just Saturday night, but um, we'll talk about Morecambe later. But John Coleman's been mentioned in connection with the Morecambe job in that you know he he may decide given the clubs up for sale uncertain future that there might be opportunities elsewhere okay so which was your first one Lauren I know that we've kind of leapfrogged around a little bit and my first one was Barrow Crawley ah. which Crawley uh, Wild gets what was that? Sorry, which Crawley did Pete Wilde get? You never know which Crawley um, season. He got um, one that seemed to be pretty lacklustre in the first seventy, and then mm-hmm. absolutely came to town in the last twenty minutes. And according to everyone online, were kind of unlucky to um, not get something from the end of the game. Really, mm-hmm. I guess if, maybe if they turned up a bit beforehand than they might have done but yeah. um yeah I mean the the Barrow goal was uh, like right after half time as well mm-hmm. um and there's some people complaining online that Crawley always concede after half time and I, I don't think they do as far as I could see but you know you always, <laughs> you always feel like that don't you you're always like oh yeah. um yeah. but yeah apparently it was quite a quite a scrappy game on both halves really um but yeah, Crawley were a lot more... I mean, they had so much possession in the game. It was like 60, 67, 67 68. Mm-hmm. Um, but they just weren't direct at all. So it was lots of lots and lots of passing and not a lot of actual forward motion, really. Unfortunately for them. Um, but good for Bradford. I think that's their fourth win in a row, I want to say. Um, Barrow, it was five in all competitions. Right. So, yeah. And a bit of they're, they're creeping up. They're, well, I say that they were in six before and they're in six now. But, yeah. you know, in terms of it feels like they're consolidating that position. And for, for, any, for anyone who's not aware, just in case there's anyone who wouldn't be aware, 
the interview with Pete Wilde is on the Look Sports Media Spotify channel. That's the easiest place to find it because the interviews are in a slightly different section to the League Two bit. Uh, but one of the things we talked to Pete Wilde about last week was you know, he said, I, I don't know which, which quality we're going to get. So you have to be prepared for both eventualities and and then uh, and then deal with it. But yeah, good to see. I think um, Holker Street is becoming one of those places that you don't really want to go to, not mm-hmm. because of where it is geographically or the environment or anything like that. But equally, I'm not looking forward to Boxing Day there. It's quite open and. Um, arctic but it's you know it's becoming a little bit of a um a fortress in terms of how how well barrow are playing at the moment and how consistently yeah i mean it's something like seven hours at home that they haven't conceded mm-hmm. um which is not very i mean i hope as a, as a personal as a fan i hope that doesn't continue but it's very good for them and it's it is quite uh it does mean that they're quite um, strong at home but do you know what that made me think of someone a Newport fan earlier saying that they haven't beaten Stockport since 1980 so well if ever there was a record that was (laughs) that was ready to fall yeah yeah I mean Bradford uh, Bradford uh, Barrow took four points off a lot of teams last year as included Mm. and you know, we we did beat them this season, but we're one of only a few, I think. Um, in it felt like there was a lot going on on Saturday, and not least the early kickoff between North County and Bradford. And I think at half time it was four nil, which is never a situation that you want to be in. Uh, Bradford are the Bradford fan base is particularly kind of frightened. I want to volatile slash fragile at the moment in terms of kind of lots of change Graham Alexander has come in they've not really had that new manager bounce that people often enjoy with a new manager and I don't think that and and Notts County had gone into this having lost two games so they've not been on form necessarily either mm. but it was just one of those where we we had it on in the um in the hospitality and when Charlie came in he was talking to Steve Ballas and just fixated on the television <laughs> like not I mean he was kind of talking to him but he was just staring across and you know he said that like with with teams like Notts County and Bradford, you just there's so much inconsistency in the league. Mm. I think um, again, you you talked about possession stats. Notts County, not unusually, because they have such a um, a clinical passing game, were at sixty eight percent of possession. But Bradford have more shots, um, twenty four against fifteen. But shots on target was was round about the same. What happened in the second half was a complete turnaround. So people always, you know, if you've had a heavy defeat in the like in a game, oh, but we won the second half. So Bradford won the second half 2-0. And I think 
Um, Alex Gilead played exceptionally well. Uh, I've heard a lot of criticism about Ash Taylor, but I, I mean, I've not seen it to, to be able to pass judgment. Um, but Notts County kept going. They just didn't finish. Langstaff nearly um, got his hat trick. Uh, Andy Cook nearly scored again. Uh, but ultimately, Graham Alexander's still waiting for his his first win. And I think, I don't know who they've got next, actually, uh, Bradford, but it's a very, um, a very angry fan base, but they don't seem, you know, some of it's directed at Rupp and there's a whole kind of Rupp out um campaign some of it is, is directed at the players some directed at ryan sparks he's the ceo so there's it, it it kind of also feels quite fragmented and that there's there's no maybe it's just frustration that there's no one i like clearly identifiable quantifiable reason for them mm. in the position that they're in but you know they they were Fans are saying Saturday, Sunday, you know, I can see us slipping into relegation zone. I can see us going down. Can't, I can't get my head around that. It's like they're such a big team. And I think there are many yeah. teams in the league poorer than them. I can't, ima I can't imagine a world where Bradford go down into the National League this season. No. Um, right, so what have we got next? Jordan, do you want to have another? Have another... <laughs> no, Jordan doesn't want to have another game, and that's just as I've seen a message from Ryan saying, How's Jordan's internet holding up? and I was like, Oh, it's okay. No, he's gone. Um, so let's go with um, Hurricane Swindon. Yeah, I mean, there's not loads to say about the game. Um, it was a one-all draw. Um, Harrogate seemed the happier out of the two fan bases for that, really. Mm -hmm. um, they say that, I mean, as far as I read from both fans, agreed that Harrogate were actually slightly superior to Swindon. Um, and, yeah, Swindon haven't been haven't been great as of recent and uh, they've lost, lost four of their last five in the, the league and I think they drew the other one so they're not not particularly great and I think they're blaming it on their the lack of depth in the squad at the yes. moment they're quite a very young and experienced squad um so they don't really have that change like we said that Charlie's being able to bring on some people and mm. lots of other clubs as well have got quite strong um, squads. So it's a bit of a shame that they can't try and turn things around. But yeah, they mean, they were very similar in possession. Mm -hmm. um, other than Swindon had double the amount of corners than um, Harrogate. So they had more sort of chances, like mm -hmm. chances that you think are big chances. Um, but they're so close in the league as well. They're only separated by a point. So it doesn't, mm -hmm. it's not a most surprising result, but yeah, they, Harrogate seemed way more pleased, but there wasn't loads about that. I think it was relief probably as much as anything. Yeah. I remember seeing before that if Harrogate would have won, they would have re leapfrogged with Swindon, which the Swindon fans were devastated at the prospects of. 
but yes, I think squad. I mean, if if you ever talk to like the Fortrushin lads, you know they laugh at the concept of squad depth. They were like, "Tell us what that is, Hannah." Um, <laughs> but they, one of the things that they said tonight is that uh, Michael Flynn has said that he's going to play if you know that we get to that situ- gets to that situation. And you know they've all they've said in the past that he often leaves a space on the bench free, almost like to prove a point that he doesn't have the the numbers to make up a um, a full team. But yeah, he's uh, he's threatening to play at the weekend, so that will be interesting. But they have only got I think it was seven injuries, so it's not even you know not not kind of diminishing the impact that seven injuries has on your squad but you know compared to the 10s 11s that we've seen at Mansfield at Stockport earlier in the season seven isn't as significant but if that is your um you know you've got a smaller squad to begin with then yes it's going to have a massive difference massive difference massive impacts yeah um, okay so in the absence of Jordan who came back briefly <laughs> <laughs> gone again and uh, Gillingham Salford so Salford played Peterborough on Tuesday night in the FA Cup replay it was one of those that was just as hard fought as you can imagine the referee played three minutes of stoppage time after saying he was only going to play one there was no it was what's it called Drysdale um saying that there was that there were no there was nothing in that extra minute that meant they should have played on and then Peter equalized so we then had extra time we had penalties say we I was, I was there with Liam but we um they looked absolutely exhausted at the end as you would I think with losing in that manner because they then lost on sudden death penalties and it was a horrible night. It was cold. It was wet. Theo Vassell looked like a dead man walking. You just wanted to kind of go and put a blanket on him and tell him to go and mm. sit because he'd clearly had enough. But credit to him, he stayed on the pitch. So I think that was reflected slightly in Saturday's performance. Um, they are, again, struggling with injuries. I think Bolton's out now. Um, Gillingham scored it was one of those where Gillingham scored, Salford scored I thought that it was going to be closer than it actually ended up being Um, but Matt Smith scored so kind of so far so normal um, Mm. in terms of uh, his performance this year but one of the things I read about him was that he is now going into Saturday anyway, and because there were so few games, I can't imagine that anything has changed. He is the highest scorer in all leagues. So in League Two, you've got the highest scorer in all leagues, and then you've got the the most points and the most goals scored by by teams. Which is, you know, when you think about you know League Two and impressions of it versus the Premier League and you know and in fact the the point was the point was made in the athletic article about League Two teams trying to 
or, or League One, I suppose, as well, trying to take people away from like apathy about VAR and the mm. and the issues with getting uh, tickets and things like that. So, yeah, I wonder whether the amount of coverage, additional coverage that League Two is getting at the moment is going to help with that. I think so. I, I was shouting to my economics friend who um, are all big Premier League fans <laughs> and I was telling them about me doing this and they were saying that they couldn't even name a League Two team if they tried. No. Um, but I have a feeling that that is slowly changing and as much hate as people give um, the coverage that Wrexham gets, it does mean that by consequence, a lot of League Two gets more coverage now, which is really nice. Um, yeah. I know it's. I know we like to make a joke about it, but it is. It's nice seeing the amount of coverage that is um, coming, and um, people actually just getting to learn about more football that is, in my opinion, more exciting um, than some of the. I mean, it's very clinical, the Premier League, but you've not got all those like fun, unpredictable elements of it. Or not as many, I don't think. Yeah, and it's all the off-the-pitch drama that probably goes yeah. on at the Premier League, but, you know, it's less likely to be... I don't know, what happened at Chesterfield last season, allegedly, like someone's, you know, having an affair with someone else's wife and it leading to a alleged bust-up in a car park. That just doesn't happen in the... Well, maybe it does, yeah. but we yeah. don't hear about it. Um yeah, I th the thing about Wrexham, uh, and you're right in terms of increased attention, but also it's it's kind of a frame of reference. I will quite like because I work with people all over the world, and I'll say to them about supporting Stockport County, and I'll get kind of a blank look. And they're, like, they're in the same league as Wrexham. Oh right, and then suddenly yeah. there's a like a context, and they understand what that means and what that looks and feels like as a fan as well because it's it is very very different and uh, I think probably more authentic than than some other experiences further up the pyramid right we're gonna have an ad break and then we'll come back to Forest Green and Grimsby Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome back. Uh, we're going to go now right down to the other end of the table. So I don't, it's funny this season with like the blocks of games and I'm obsessed with, oh, we could do, 
save that for another conversation. Uh, one of the things that they do is they put, when they're doing the fixtures, they put teams into kind of blocks. And that's why like October half term and February half term, I'm on holiday, I was on holiday and I'm on holiday and I'm missing exactly the same games for both. Right. So both, it's Tranmere Crew and Grimsby. And I'm missing Tranmere Crew and Grimsby in February as well just because of the way the blocks work. And so that's why you've got, like, we went through a phase where we played Accrington and then, uh, I can't even remember who it was, and then you see, I think Doncaster were in the same block, so they have the same fixtures. Uh, so so down at, the, down at the bottom of the table, we had, they all played each other. So we had Grimsby against Forest Green and then Tranmere against Sutton United all withdrawals so nothing really changed very much um in Grimsby Forest Green Grimsby came from 2-0 down so we've seen them in the FA Cup they they had the same with Slough where in in both the the first leg and the replay first leg was was quite uh, late on second leg I think they came from behind as well so um Carl McAllister had a a first half brace, um, which was then counteracted by Donovan Wilson. So just the two scorers, um, but also a penalty in the 37th minute. So I don't know, Grimsby's a funny one. I Grimsby have always been a bit of a bogey team for me, and I think that it's been interesting this season that they haven't they don't seem to have kind of lived up to expectations they are still without a manager and I've not heard anything at all recently I think the last one was that week where Nathan Rooney was mentioned and now we've obviously got um more come into the mix as well so yeah, um, Forest Green almost uh, won it late on, but it was like that um, uh, the goal that uh, Tabide, uh had denied against Stockport for Colchester, where it was a proper, like, off the mm. bounce job, really, uh, really unfortunate. Um, and then uh, Sean Robertson again flew over the crossbar. So it sounds like although the stats are kind of scarily straight down the middle, you know, when you look at the bars, they're like 51, 49, 15, 16, 5, 5. Um, it sounds like Forest Green Rovers certainly towards the end probably deserved to get a little bit more out of it. Um, and then at the other, the other one at the bottom of the table was uh, Sutton and Tranmere. Tranmere, Tranmere got their first away point of the season. So they, they've still not got the win, but they were very, very close to getting all three points. Uh, Sutton equalised in the 88th minute. And um, the Tranmere opening goal was a 17-minute own goal from Goodlift. So it was, I don't know, I, like own goals, it, maybe it was... Um, a significant deflection and and it was it, you know it was well deserved um but 
yeah, it was diverted into his own net. So we've got Tranmere, who are now formally under Nigel Adkins, who, who took over after he was interim. Uh, and Sutton with, with Matt Gray, who has got so much goodwill and kind of, um, yeah, well, goodwill in the bank, I guess, at Sutton. But I don't know, Tramir just on, again, no real new manager bounce, not capitalising yeah. or taking the chances. Um, but it, it feels like there should have been more goals. Mm. I mean, Christian Dennis, who uh, was at, at County then at Carlisle, um, there's a low shot from him saved, you know, throughout the the report and you're listening, talking to people like, oh, you know, and, and that one should have gone in and that one should have gone in. And again, pretty much 50% possession, shots shots on target after me saying it sounds like they should all go in. They were, they were close ones. I've always found shots on target a really interesting metric because it doesn't necessarily communicate the opportunities i think but it was yeah. uh tramir versus two for sutton so you know none of those teams at the bottom seem to me to be at any risk of pulling away really and they're i mean forest green have played one less but you know sutton are on 12 and then you've got forest green and tramir on 14 and grimsby on 18 but saying that, like every, we say this every week and like everywhere in the table, it's incredibly congested and incredibly tight. So just above them, they've got this four teams on 20 points. Yeah. Um, Colchester, Doncaster and Bradford. Um, Salford are on 21, which is, is kind of unfeasible to me. I don't, well, I, I do kind of understand it, but at the same time, um. Yeah, it's uh, it's very, very tight. And I think that will be the saving grace for some teams. Yeah, I think so, definitely. Um, I mean, from watching Tranmere play a couple of times this season, they've just not been that offensive. Um, so I, I would struggle to see them, even if they don't necessarily, if they sharpen up their defence, and they don't necessarily let that many in. I just can't see them being defend uh, like attacking enough to um, score the goals. But yeah, I completely get what you mean about the like shots on target and things like that. Because I guess the one from um, the one at County the other day where it hit the crossbar, that would technically be like yeah. not on target because no. it wasn't going well. <laughs> it's and then like a rubbish one that kind of is trying to crawl in in the bottom corner and is saved very comfortably is technically classed as on target so I do find yeah. that quite interesting but yeah I um it's always the it's always the way isn't it you always say oh we had some good chances but we just didn't capitalize on them and yeah. I feel like a couple of the teams at the bottom that will be their downfall just not capitalizing on the chances that they did create yeah absolutely 
Um, last up, because we had, there were three games postponed in League Two on Saturday due to international call-ups. So there was no MK Dons Wimbledon, which we, we talked about last week. And the, the MK Dons fans, are, or the Wimbledon fans are convinced that it's the MK Dons bottling it. Uh, and then Doncaster, Walsall and Morecambe and Crewe. Morecambe and Crewe would have been cracking because, mm. well, they, they were closer actually before the weekend, but um, Crewe are fifth and, and Morecambe are in ninth and we'll we'll talk about Morecambe shortly. Uh, so our last game was Mansfield and Newport. Mm. So Mansfield are still unbeaten in League Two. Davis Keeler then got both goals. Who you know, people talk about Mansfield lacking um kind of power and presence up front, but Davis Keeler Dunn certainly doesn't have any issues banging goals in for them. And it has been the case since since the beginning, and then he seemed to kind of drop off a little bit, bit but he's clearly back. So it was his uh his first goal was the tenth, his tenth goal of the season after just four minutes. Um, and then they had a penalty as well that uh, Reese Oates took, but was saved. Um, so that result takes Mansfield up to second, and uh, Newport County are five points clear of the relegation zone. It's crazy that we're talking about the relegation zone in uh, in November, but. It is what it is. And and Coughlin was quite uh, pragmatic for once in terms of you know, the, the better team won. Um, they He said they weren't very good. We were poor with the ball. What Newport definitely lacked was that kind of technical, clinical football, which Mansfield were very good at by contrast. And you know, the Newport fans were perhaps less disappointed with the result than you might think in terms yeah. of you could see glimmers, glimmers of hope and uh, and happiness. But, yeah, I think what Coughlin's doing is he's got a little bit less pressure. They've obviously got the, um, the kind of the ownership takeover changing and will likely see some business in January but they just need to they need to hold on to it. I mean, possession clearly in Mansfield's favour, uh, same with shots and shots on target. I think Mansfield on paper and on the pitch were just the better team. And sometimes you just can't argue with that, can you? There's nothing yeah. you can nothing you can say. Mansfield have recovered very well from their um, injury crisis at the beginning of the season, which is something that they really, really struggled with last year. So things are a little bit different for them. But it was funny last night, you know, the Mansfield fans are very, very proud and protective of their unbeaten run, as they should be rightly, but are, I think, a little bit disgruntled at the fact that they're not getting so much attention for it. So the Euro yeah. fan was saying, you know, yes, we we're we're coming into a bit of a run, but we'd quite like it if no one realized and we can just, you know, quietly get get on with things. Whereas the Mansfield team are the Mansfield fans particularly, 
you know, think that they should be getting a little bit more credit for it. So maybe after County lose to Newport on Saturday, they can That's have the their moment. Isn't it? <laughs> oh God, I keep thinking about that 1980s start. I'm like, no, this is terrible. I'm no. going to have a really day in Wales on Saturday, aren't I? So I was, um, Mac has got like four, it's a whole family coming. Um, <laughs> yeah, you say because it's uh, it's quite nice with him being from Wales. He's got yeah, his whole family coming to watch. So um, yeah. I wish I could go. I'll be honest, but I have been I have been missing League Two here because we've got um, Cambridge United who were nearly in League Two. I was yeah. in a way, <laughs> yeah, quite no, nearly. No. I was wanting them to come down so we could play them, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I've been missing my league too, but I get to listen to it from home and I get to keep up yeah. with it all and talk about it. So. And it's nearly Christmas break, so you it can is. get your, uh, yeah, Barrow, Barrow on Boxing Day and Mansfield at home mm -hmm. on New Year's Day. That feels like not a great start to 2024, potentially. No. But we'll see. I am, um, I am looking forward to the January um, transfer window because I think it would be really interesting to see, especially... Uh, at the top and at the bottom because like you say they are the league is actually really close mm -hmm. um and I think that one signing could make or break anyone's season at yeah. the moment it, it isn't impossible for anyone to um like completely change where they are so I think it'd be really really interesting because Mansfield might be able to get someone that helps them turn all of those draws into a win and things like that yeah um and same with Gillingham as well they're still mm. I mean I, they've they have just signed someone but still could do with a little bit of strengthening there and then by contrast there are also the teams that lose players in January yeah. so you know, Swindon uh, are likely to lose Jake Young probably Dan Kemp uh, there are other players, uh, you know, Harrogate, I don't even know what's going on with Luke Armstrong. He would be a great fit at Mansfield, mm. as much as I hate to say it. But it'll be interesting to see, like, uh, Stockport, we've got Odin Bailey. He's got his own song now and everything. He's properly uh, assimilated into the Edgley Park family. Uh, but his, he's only on loan until January Swindon have got um, Williams Cocolo that uh, only arrived last week. He's only on a contract until January. Ooh. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. I mean, in lots of ways, it makes sense. Maybe they have no intention of keeping him and it, it just works as a stopgap and, and see, see how he does. But there are definitely teams that are going to be looking. Um, I think Forest Green normally have a strong January in response to you know, trying to pull themselves out because they, you know, I think the biggest gap in the league in terms of points is right at the top between Stockport and Mansfield. Just had to get that in again. Um, but then between Grimsby and Tranmere, there's a four point gap. So, you know, you don't what that's not what you what you want at the bottom of the table you need to it needs to stay tight and you know Tranmere, Forest Green and Sutton need to do whatever they can in January I think Sutton normally do a fair amount of business as well um but that you know both of those will be looking for for ways to 
uh, to arrest. Uh, it'd be interesting to see if Harrogate, what Harrogate do, because yes, Lee Armstrong, mm. but they had those signings that came in, um, Marsh and who was the other one? Can't remember off the top of my head, that were basically using the Wrexham money for Armstrong. So it'd be interesting to see whether, I mean, they'll be, they'll probably be able to sell Luke Armstrong on, but whether they'll get as much for him as they would have done in August, because I think it was about half a million that was mentioned. Right. Um, they need to reduce their wage bill anywhere as well. Um, so, yes, love a good transfer window. And January always seems, I don't know, a bit more fun because it's so like it's such a it's a shorter time comparatively whereas like I remember in when the transfer window opened in the summer MK Dons seemed to do all their business really early which does make sense because you want to call some consolidate your team and get ready and then there's like a lull and then that last yeah. week <laughs> and the last few hours before are um, a little bit more interesting so last bit of news before we finish up uh, so Derek Adams has left Morecambe today. He has uh, reportedly, well, no, the club statement uh, said that he has left to pursue another opportunity and that there was a contract, he basically had a clause in his contract that enabled him to do that. He has gone, uh, I think, I don't think Ross County have announced it yet, but it's widely kind of believed they have Going, they have, have on Sky Sports anyway, yeah. There was a CEO statement from Ross County saying we're delighted to welcome him back. So yeah. it's officially and, done. Yes, and the back thing is important, I think. Mm. You know, Morecambe are ninth. They're not doing badly. Uh, I mean, they're ninth with two games in hand because they've got these uh, loan players on trans uh, loan players on transfer. They've got these loan players who are under 21 internationals. So they've uh, they've played fewer games because of that. So you know the the question earlier on was well why would why would he leave? But it's the going back. Uh, yeah. There's some rumblings as well in the Morecambe chats that it's there's some interesting ownership. Um, I can't. I don't. I don't have a lot of information about that, and I don't want to spread anything that's not true. You know. Uh, but, there's rumblings not from me, but from other places <laughs> on the internet um, that there may be some interesting ownership decisions going on. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think it's his third spell at Ross County. So it's mm -hmm. probably somewhere that he likes and is used to and is a bit more of a what he wants to do. So yeah. And you know, credit to him, Morecambe, and again, not. I you know I know nothing I know nothing about you know their current financial situation but they did earlier this year uh, have a month where they didn't pay wages you know if he is concerned about their financial stability or you know just uh, is is looking for a change then it you know it might make sense so already <laughs> the odds of odds have started on uh, his replacement so and already I think David Hartel is favorite at four to one so I think he he honestly I like I thought it was a bit of a joke earlier on because Dave Hartel's name perhaps pops up with 
everything. And half of the time it's down to someone associated with Look Sports Media saying, I love David Ortel, he'd be wonderful for your club. Uh, but he wasn't welcome. And he, again, you know, they have a strong academy set up, like he dealt with a crew and, you know, he enjoys that type of uh, of of setup. He is good at kind of a, a not turnaround but maintenance and you know he kept, he he took crew up he kept them up um and i i re i've always been intrigued as to what would have happened with crew last season if he'd been allowed to stay in charge because mm. you know, they had a bit of a a bit of a nothing season really and then have come into their own under Lee Bell but i think some yeah. of that was again like regrouping and consolidation after coming down and I just wonder if Artel had been kept in charge whether it would have been very different um other names that I've heard it's the same every time isn't it so Richards Liam Richardson um who else was there uh Danny Cowley um Graham Alexander and and someone was like isn't he now like, oh yeah yeah <laughs> I mean he's not having a great time of it but I don't think he's ready to go just yet not just um, yet no <laughs> but it'll be interesting to see how quickly they appoint uh, I think he is the first one this season that has gone on his own accord you know he's kind of gone yeah. of his own accord rather than anything else um I might be wrong but I can't think of another one uh O'Neill Harris was mentioned as well it's it's the same names every time oh uh Lee Bowyer was another one and mm -hmm. um I mean, it's and quite an, himself out. it's quite an attractive um club but if there's nothing going on in the background that we don't know about you know it's they're they're in ninth they've got games in hand um in a very competitive exciting league if they're not already in this league i i could see yeah people going in for it and giving it a good go so i wouldn't be surprised if we get someone sooner rather than later at mm. least putting themselves forward for it so yeah if i was a club at the moment that was managerless and you know thinking about Grimsby as well I'd want someone in in the next few weeks because mm. otherwise they're going to lose momentum going into the transfer window because you get that kind of right new job not quite got my bearings yet don't really know who I need or what I need but I've got three weeks to make a decision versus right, I've got a team, let's see how they play for the next few weeks and then I can make an assessment for January. Um, and you've got yeah. the mental Christmas period as well where everything's going on at once and then there's so yeah. much going on off the pitch as well. Like you don't yeah. have time to sit down and learn about them because people are yeah. often doing things and wanting to see you. Yeah, Just... yeah. So uh, hopefully... Well, both teams will have someone in in quickly. I think are they the only ones that are managerless now? I think everyone else is has evened out. I mean, Stephen Clements is apparently doing very well at Gillingham. They're they're back on their way up. Um, Graham Alexander less so. Yes, we shall see. Right, we've stumbled our way through the League Two podcast tonight. 
Um, I think it might be our first. So first all Stockport County podcast, first all female. Po- oh, we, we Jordan did make some contribution at some point. So we'll maybe Featuring Jordan. Um, we've got the breakdown on Thursday night at 8 which is live on YouTube and Twitter and various other platforms there is tonight because of the various um, postponements across the leagues there is a Stevenage podcast uh, kind of looking at uh, how Stevenage have done since they've gone up they are they, they were one of the few games played on Saturday and I think they're about fourth in the league now. So looking at why that is and, and what they've done at Stevenage that is different to maybe how Carlisle and, and uh, Leighton Orient and Northampton have done going up. So we should probably you know, take notes and let them let, let the people at Stockport County know. Oh, I've just jinxed it. I'm just going to stop. Yeah, touch wood. <laughs> um we've also got a national league podcast that's being recorded at the moment so that will be up uh the interviews from last week were pete wilde and andy woodman who is the manager at bromley and the andy woodman one was particularly entertaining so highly recommend that uh and like i said yeah breakdown on thursday and then we'll be back this time next week with i don't know hopefully not reporting on a Stockport County lost to Newport County, but or or we're like yeah we've got them whatever it's yep. called the record fourth, fourth tier record yeah I might put I've got a Vernon the Bear uh, mask somewhere I might bring that out nice. for the occasion. <laughs> we'll we'll get messages at the end of this show when it goes out of everyone just saying we've only talked about Stockport. Um, <laughs> we apologise in advance for the Stockport heavy content, but. It's all right. It's normally Bradford though, Lauren, so it's fine. <laughs> well, exactly. It's a little change, you know? I know, We're, right? Uh, <laughs> Everyone will be really pleased. Up. It's a break. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. Right. We'll start with our self-indulgence, congratulatory um, production. And uh, thank you all for listening. You can follow us <laughs> at uh, Look Sports Media. So at, at Look Sports Media. Uh, thelooksports.com for uh, regular updates and uh, news articles and all of the you know, if you want to find out who the new Morecambe manager is who the top five candidates are for Morecambe manager you'll find that all there uh, thank you very much from, from me and from Lauren and we'll thank see you very soon bye everyone Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.